hi there. I'm Stephen Thomas, staff writer and draft analyst for the OBR. Friends on Brown's Twitter might know me as at Brown's Mock Draft, the first member of the OBR staff to be verified on Twitter. I'd like to take a few minutes here at the top of the show and talk about what it means to be verified on the Bird app because it's pretty awesome and some people out there believe some stuff. For example, there are some people who believe that because I am verified and no one else on the staff is, that I'm better than them. There are some people who believe that because I am verified and no one else on the staff is, that I'm smarter about football than them. Some believe that I'm a more talented writer because of that blue check mark, or that I'm funnier or more likable or more popular, that I'm just flat out better looking and more attractive than anyone else on the staff. Well, I'm here to tell those people who believe those things, you are absolutely right. I am better than them, and that little blue check mark proves it. It's scientific proof that I am really the class of this organization. They don't hand that out to just anybody. You have to be a superior human being, and quite clearly, I am. Being verified also means that I am better than anyone else on the OBR staff at things like golf, poker, swimming, hockey, ski jumping, equestrian activities, wood carving, ice sculpting, extreme couponing, and I'd wipe the floor with any of them in a cupcake war. Now, obviously, I can't reveal all of the awesome secrets and powers that come with being verified on the Bird app. I can't show you the secret handshake. And I definitely can't reveal the location of the giant space arc on which myself and all other verified people will escape the Earth should the planet ever become uninhabitable. That would be breaking the code. I can, however, tell you that the OBR is launching a Twitch channel on July 26th. That's the night before. Cleveland Browns training camp begins this year. We're doing it on Twitch at this address. Oh, there's one verified benefit I can tell you about. You get magic in your finger. Now that I'm verified, all I have to do is think about something and point, and it appears. It's pretty cool. Watch this. Twitch address. Beer. $14 million. Well, it comes and goes. Anyway, I hope this has cleared up some of the questions and concerns that normal people have about what it's like to be verified and live on this side of the social media velvet ropes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of Not the Same Old Browns, and I hope you stick with us through this exciting upcoming Cleveland Browns season as the OBR gives you the best wall-to-wall -wall Browns coverage in the city. Thanks for listening. For the OBR, I'm Stephen Thomas, and I'm verified. That goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. It's a gleam.
right, throws right, end zone, touchdown! Anybody says the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey everyone, welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. It's presented by the OBR. I am Andy Lytle. Stephen Thomas here, and we yeah. welcome in Aloha Man from the Big yes. Island. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. One of my, one of our favorite follows on Browns Twitter uh, does really good draft work. Uh, you can follow him uh, on Twitter at uh, Hawaii Browns Huey. And it's Mike Krupka. Mike, welcome in, my friend. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for the unnecessary flattery. And uh, <laughs> I'm at oh, it. It's necessary, brother. We 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 got to dive into uh, to that intro because I am I, I am floored <laughs> to be in the presence of of Stephen Thomas. I am of, floored to be on this side of the velvet ropes. Yeah, well, don't make direct eye contact, and everything will be okay. All right, yeah. we we are truly truly <laughs> surrounded by greatness right now, Mike. Uh, Stephen, uh, that very nice uh, introduction there. Nice cold open to the show. I'm uh, very jackass. No, very <laughs> humble. Uh, it was sweet. Yeah. Uh, it was. Um, you're you're all about the people and uh, good work on that. Uh, how long that? How long that put you? How long that take you to put that together? Well, I had my people do it. You know, as soon as you're verified, yeah. you, you get people. Um, I am a man of the people. I just don't want them touching me. That's the sure. Thing now. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah. I can dig no. that. Who cares? It does it. I honestly, when I, you know, we're, we're all, you know, everybody at the OBR will get it soon. I just happened to be the first one to get it. So I knew I had a very yeah. limited window to just hammer this joke to, into the ground and annoy the crap out of everybody else on the staff. So, uh, you know, it I makes have, zero difference. I'm still the same idiot. doesn't matter. I got one request for you, Steve. When, yes. When you, when you head into camp or if you're ever near Coach Stefanski, since you've got the magic touch, don't touch him because we don't need him turning into to you. You guys are like the exact opposite right now. <laughs> right. He's, he's like everybody else, man, and you're like the – look at me, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I, I Who should I touch? I'll try <laughs> – I, I don't want to. Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. <laughs> Look away, peasants. Look away. <laughs> yeah. See, what's funny is I knew that ninety nine percent of the people that watch this show and you know follow us on the OBR and all that kind of stuff would understand. I don't think I could have laid on the sarcasm much thicker. Um, you were being sarcastic. But there will be there will be somebody out there that doesn't get it. So that's, no, I, I, I can't wait for that. So definitely not. And I hope they see it, and I hope they pop in this chat, and I hope they want to talk about it. That, that's that's my hope. Well, congratulations on being getting your little check mark on the uh, on the old Twitter Bird app. That's I don't a, know who would pretend to be me, but apparently now I can stop them from doing it. So yeah, yeah. It, it's hey man, the power you have mm -hmm. it. You have it. It's the you. Finger. It's the magic finger. <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm still laughing about that. I'm not going to lie. I can't get it out of my head. It's going to be stuck in my head for weeks now. I hope well, you good. Good. I hope good. you realize. I hope you realize what you've done. You said. Mm. Well, we're we're 12 days away from the start of camp. Let's yeah. move on to that. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we're 12 days away, as as Stephen just or said. 13 uh, days away. We're 12 days 13. away from the start of the Twitch. 13 yes. days away from the start of camp. Sorry. Yes, because we're launching the Twitch on July 26th, which is a Monday, and then camp opens up on the uh, 27th, that Tuesday. Um, yeah, there's going to be uh, some of the topics we have for you guys. We got a two-hour show for you guys today. Um, 
thanks again to Mike for joining us. Uh, first time Mike and I have ever had the pleasure of speaking, so I'm I'm pretty hyped for this. Um, we kind of wanted to break down some position group battles, uh, kind of look ahead into to that and what's coming because I think there's. Steven, you and I have talked about this. Um, we're not used to this as Browns fans that uh, we have a lot of talent on this roster, number one. And when that happens, at the end of camp, you got to show some talent the door, unfortunately. And talent that's going to have you, as you've beat the dead horse, you've said this like, we're going to cut players that are going to get significant snaps with uh, other teams in the NFL this year. So let's, uh, let's do that. Um, which uh, which one you want to start with, Stephen? We got a few here. We've got well, Mike's uh, our guest. What yeah, uh, position Mike. group do you want yeah. to tackle first? There, we'll give you uh, first choice there. Aloha, man. Sure, man. Um, I alluded to this after the draft. I feel like this training camp is going to be the the scene from the pool hall in Batman where Joker breaks the stick and just yeah. everybody is battling it out to the death. I mean, there's only going to be one survivor in some of these groups, and I think the 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 difference we have this year is. The, the top guys are all locked in, right? And so now you're just looking for the, the, those bottom parts of the roster. How do you get better? And so for me, you know, we talked about or spent a lot of time debating before the draft about like, hey, are we going to take a linebacker? Why would we take a linebacker in the first round? Yeah. Let's talk about linebacker first because I think sure. that's probably to me the one group that that sticks out the most that uh, we may see some of those uh, those names called that are going to go get significant snaps elsewhere. Yeah. yeah, and and it's funny because not only I mean we're going to talk about the linebackers here, but in all of these groups, we're talking about um, positional battles and and having more talent. We've had position battles in the past, but it was always from a negative space. It was always from okay, one of these guys has to be at least marginally decent, or we're in real trouble. Now right. we're looking at it from the other angle. We're looking at it like, geez, there's there's probably going to be guys that should make the roster that there's just not enough numbers. So it's a great position to be in. Um, I think obviously the guy that most people who pay attention, pay any attention to the Browns, um, the, the guy that is the most questionable as far as his cling to his roster spot is that guy right there. 51 Mac Wilson. What are your thoughts on, on his chances? What does he have to do to lock in a roster spot? Uh, if you had to bet, um, Yes or no? Where 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 do you stand on Mac? Right there, we'll start with Mac, uh, Mike. I, I mean, Mac has to do has to show a lot of improvement. I think he he's been obviously a fan favorite due to his interaction on social media. A lot of people really like him and are drawn to that, um, which is fine. But I think especially in in coverage, he's going to have to get better. Um, he's going to have to get better versus the run. And again, he he was a guy who I just think. For, for Browns fans, he's a name that people attach so much, uh, I don't know, just affection for, but I, I don't think it's really de deserved. So uh, I, I could see Mac easily not being on this squad at the end of, at the end of training camp. You got to bet yes or no, right? As, as we sit here right now, and obviously this can yeah. change after seven practices, but as sure. we sit here on July 14th, you got to bet yes or no, nope. does Mac Wilson nope. make the roster? No. Nope. Hmm. I, I, I would probably agree with you, um, and partly because of all the things that you said. He's been inconsistent um, you know, in all phases of the game, really, uh, <laughs> except for effort. I will I'll say the same thing sure. I said about Mac last year. If he doesn't make the team, it will not be for a lack of effort. He's not out there loafing. He's, right. he's busting his ass and giving right. everything he has. He's just 
uh, you know, and, and we don't know how much of that was 2020 and the COVID and the no practices and all that kind of stuff. Maybe he makes a big leap this year, but I sure. think you're right. He has to, because if you look at this, the, the, the rest of the names, um, you know, obviously they're going to play JOK on the second level of the defense, whether people want to call him a safety or a Rover or whatever, he's essentially going to be playing where a linebacker would traditionally play. Uh, Taki Taki showed some improvement last year. They signed Anthony Walker and seemed to be very high on him. Yes, uh, they are. Uh, Jacob Phillips, I think, is being wildly underrated by a lot of the fan base. I think he's going to be great. They still got Malcolm Smith, who was their best linebacker on the field last year. And if none of the young guys step up, he's absolutely there to stay for another year if that's the way it shakes out. So I think unless he takes a massive step forward in both uh, phases of the game or you know, suddenly becomes this special teams demon. Maybe he hangs onto a roster spot that way. Uh, I think you're right. I think he's probably the guy in that linebacker group with the most tenuous uh, grasp on his, his spot on the 53 as we sit here today. Sure. And you brought up uh, Jacob Phillips. That, that's a player that I, I'm really, really looking forward to see uh, in year two. Mike, where you where, where are you coming out on Jacob Phillips uh, after his rookie year? And um, what do you see from him this year? Sure. I think I'll just point out too, real quick before I talk about Phillips yeah. is that yeah. I don't think it matters with this front office necessarily, but you know, Wilson has no, no ties to these guys. Right. And they've made it very clear and yeah. how they've approached it this off season that they knew it was a weakness. So he's not guaranteed anything. And you know, a lot of these guys that are, are on the roster right now, they're not guaranteed anything at the linebackers. And spot. at the end of the day, it was a different regime, like you said, and it, and he was a fifth round pick. It's it's right. not like the, it's not like this guy was taken high second round or dare I say first. I mean, it was a fifth round right. pick out of Alabama. Uh, the the kid works hard. Um, I, I think great kid, great guy. yeah, great kid, great you know, great kid works his ass off. So, you know, I, I I'm pulling for him, but I, I'm kind of there with you guys. I I just I I don't know if there's going to be room. I just don't see it. Right. And, and then for Phillips, I yeah, mean, please. He, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, obviously, the the team really liked him and where they drafted him. I think some of some of the pundits and, and ourselves were a little bit surprised maybe by the pick at the time. But I think he showed some flashes and some versatility, which is another buzzword that I think really impacts this room. I think that the, the guys that they're going to keep are going to have to be able to do multiple things. And I think sure. it gives them that opportunity. Uh, we could see him at Mike. Um, you know, we can see him moved around a little bit. It's just, it's really going to depend on, on sort of how he, I guess, kind of cascades through, through camp. Like how does, does he stack one day on top of the next? Does he get better, you know, in, in, in competition with the other guys that we have, like, like Steve mentioned with Walker. Um, and we didn't even mention Tony Fields yet. As a yeah. Guy coming out that is versatile, who can do a lot of different things, especially when you look at his, uh, his 2019 tape at Arizona, you know, he's got some weaknesses, but he's versatile and, and he's got a nose for the ball. And he's a sure tackler too. When, right. when he can, because of his size and, and you do great draft work too. And this is something I noticed uh, watching his film this past uh, and tell me if you uh, agree or disagree because of his size, he can get caught up in the wash. He's very instinctive in the run game and he anticipates and he can, he has a knack for fighting his way through the crap to get to the ball carrier because of his size, he can get caught up. And if he does, he just doesn't have the ability to disengage as regularly as you might like. But when he does get through and get to the ball carrier, the guy hits the ground most of the time. He's a very sure tackler. I mean, did you see the same things in your tape study? 
I think so. I mean, he does have some missed tackles on tape that, you know, I wouldn't say are concerning because when you look at the the other breadth of his work, he is that instinctual click and close, very, you know, it's very adept at, at, at just holding his feet and, and being calm at the snap and reading the play and reacting, which so a lot of linebackers tend to, to either move forward or move back or shift. But he, he's very good at just holding his ground and letting the play develop and then just, again, attacking. So um, you see that on tape all the time. Um, and, and, yeah, because of his size, he's going to have to work on, you know, the, that technique when, when he's dealing with trash and uh, dealing with, with pulling guards or, uh, you know, tight ends or whatever it is. He's going to have to work on his technique to, to keep their hands off the pads and, and keep, give him space to operate because when he does have that space, he does flash things very similar to JOK, maybe not as – you know, athletic, if you if you will, but he has that same sort of like Swiss Army knife knife skill set. Yeah, he's very fast. His foot speed is tremendous, sideline to sideline. So, um, in a you know a shallow zone coverage or something like that, he's definitely got the foot speed to do it. The thing with Fields, and and I know you and I, we talked all through drafts. Mike and I talk all the time in draft season. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I bounce stuff off of him, and he tells me I'm a moron, and then I change my mind. It's a system perfect. that we've worked out. No, it's, it's a perfect um, system. The other way. Yeah. But with Fields, I liked him. Uh, him and Garrett Wallow went pretty close together, and I had them ranked roughly in that same area. There were two guys that I liked in that mid-day three if they were going to go linebacker in that range. I, and, and I agree with everything you said, and I think he's got a skill set where he's going to play a lot of years in the NFL. But like we just said, I don't know where the snaps are going to come from in this in this particular group because you would think, unless he comes out and just you know blows everything out of the water in camp, you would think that the, it's their job to lose the uh, you know uh, Jacob Phillips, uh, JOK, and probably Anthony Walker since they signed him yes. really early in free agency and they really really like him so. And we haven't even, we haven't mentioned Taki Taki, who came on at the end of last year. Still has sure. holes in his game, absolutely, but has showed that he can be a valuable player. So where does Fields get his snaps? I mean, I know he does, you know, some some work on special teams as well. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think by next year, by 2022, the bulk, and we also know, and we as Mike said, we discussed this to death during draft season, the linebacker position was just beat into the ground. They don't ask a ton, and they don't want to play a ton of no. linebackers on the field. So I think the bulk of the linebacker, or, or as I've been calling it, second level of the defense because the linebacker position is changing, the bulk of those snaps could very well come from JOK, Jacob Phillips, and Anthony Walker. I don't know where that leaves the rest of these guys. I mean, Malcolm Smith, obviously, is 33 this year, I think. Not a long-term guy, but still playing well. Uh, so, you know, this year he could be in the mix. Um, but the rest of these guys, I'm just not sure moving forward, we're going to see much regular snaps, barring injury, outside of those three names. One thing that's always fascinated me with you, Mike, and it's funny because it's the first time I've actually – got to hear you speak really i've seen you on a couple shows and i've i've listened to your uh, nothing but the dogs podcast as well i've listened to plenty of episodes that's the first time i've actually gotten to talk to you and i've always been like i love your threads you do the film breakdown stuff Thanks, i'm man. just curious dude like when how did all this start the getting into breaking down uh, draft prospects and breaking down film how, how where did that come from have you always been a football guy? Was it something you discovered late in life, or was it? Tell me about it, man. 
Well, first of all, thanks for for listening to the podcast. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Appreciate, appreciate the kudos and appreciate the shout out about the the threads and, and the draft content. Um, I mean, full disclosure, candidly, I mean, when my mom passed away, I was sort of reeling and searching for something outside of, you know, everything else in life. And that just, you know, I've always been passionate about the Browns, always been passionate about the sure. Browns. Back to, you know, North Ridgeville. Uh, when I was a kid, we we found Stefan Bragg's puppy in our neighborhood and we posted a sign and he came over to our house in his, in his, in his red Porsche and, you know, collected the dog and brought us a bunch of Brown's memorabilia. And that's like my first, like really salient, uh, you know, memory of, of Brown's fandom that and, and, and painting uh, some of the bed sheets for the the division and, you know, playoff games that my brother was going to go to in, in the garage. Right. Yeah. So, you know, always been a fan, just like everybody in Cleveland, but, sure. um, you know, was asked to play football at Ignatius. I uh, did not do that. I played soccer. I was asked to kick uh, for the team, did not do oh, that. Oh, right on. Um, went to college, played soccer on scholarship. And when, again, just just kind of just coming back, when I, when I found myself with more free time, uh, I just had always been actually, you know, within the water cooler and in the OBR days, that was always where I'd go. And my brother and I would talk football <laughs> and try to figure yeah. out what's really going on. Send, send me the inside scoop. And I'd be like, oh, shit, that's what's happening. Oh, my God. And <laughs> so, you know, just, you know, started to post there and get into it. And then, you know, was offered an opportunity to start writing. And, and, you know, again, shortly after my mom passed away. And that's just sort of where it took off. And so with the draft stuff, I just, yeah, I mean, I just always had a, had a passion for trying to evaluate talent and, and figure out what really makes guys tick and, why are some guys successful and some guys aren't? And um, so, yeah, that, that's just the, my story so came from. Is it is it safe to say – sorry about your mother, by the way. Um, Appreciate it. Was the draft work and draft study and, and the film breakdown and all that, was it kind of a sense of source of healing from your mother's passing a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I think it was – Right it was on, me, man. It was me trying to find an outlet, right, like a healthy yeah, outlet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so that it all worked out and, um, yeah, so that, that's how it got started. Dude, that's, that's great. I mean, that's great. I mean, cause that's obviously that's uh it's a traumatic event, but I think when things like that happen to us, uh, it's kind of, what do we do now? What do we do next? I guess. And you had that. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy and, for you that and, you dove into you this. you do fantastic work. If you guys, if anybody out there watching is not, I, I mean, I know we say that, you know, a, a lot. But if you're not following Mike on Twitter uh, and you're a Browns fan, then you're not as up to date uh, on draft stuff as you can be. He does fantastic work. Um, yes. and, and, you know, I'm also being nice to him because, you know, he's got an all yeah. 22 hookup and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, yeah. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get in the inner circle. Yeah. And plus, <laughs> I mean, you, you got, you got, you got two guys here for your, for your draft <clears throat> prospect needs and your draft and analysis needs. But you got one that's much better looking, that being Mike. So it works out Absolutely. perfect. Do, do, do you guys want to take a tackle with this question here? So how many linebackers do the Browns keep? Do you guys want to oh, take, a, take a shot at that one? Man. It, and, it's, and anybody it's so in the chat, funny. if you got any questions, man, fire away, guys. Because when you look at it, so many of these questions, and not just roster questions. I'm talking about next year's contract questions and everything, sure. too. There's so many dominoes that are interdependent right. on each other, and we have no idea which one will fall first. Yeah. You know, um, I I think the presence of JOK, 
Oh, God. What, what do you think, Mike? Let me give you first crack at this. <laughs> you're, you're the guest. You. I appreciate that, Steve. I'm, yeah, trying look, to, look. I'm trying to do a quick math in my head. I also want to Let's let the, the handsome one first. go first, yeah, okay? Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah, I mean, as it should be. I'm not verified, but I'm more handsome. You know, so yeah. Yeah. sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Thank God verify, verification has nothing to do with good looks. Thank God. I never got it. <laughs> Is that how that works? So okay, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to be verified. I'm just going to stay over here in my my little world. No, I, I think, and I could be totally wrong. I, I think, I think five sounds about right. And, and and I could be I could be on the highest. Well, I think five sounds about right. And, and I think yeah. it's because again, you're going to find some of the linebackers that are going to have versatility and they're going to be able to do multiple things. And I just don't think it makes sense to keep any more than that on on this roster the way that Woods wants yeah. to. Play. And, and with the personnel that we've added, um, I, I can't see us taking any less than that. I mean, Steve, do you see us keeping four? I and mean, does that make any sense? Well, the, see, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at JOK's versatility, and I know you were on the same page with me that he's more of a rover, more of a safety playing the linebacker spot and anything else. So I guess maybe how he shakes out, if he shakes out better – uh, you know, in coverage as a rookie, and they they're going to use him more in that Ross, and maybe that lets somebody, maybe that lets Taki Taki or somebody who's better against the run sneak in, sure, uh, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think five is probably the safest bet because, you know, I, well, if you, if you go any more than that, you're looking at you, you look at the wide receiver room or the defensive tackle room or the offensive line room, and you're subtracting a guy from there. And those are also three spots that we're going to talk. We're going to move on to wide receiver next. That there's, yeah. there's just too many guys right now. They ha they have too many rosterable people. Um, so La I, last question before we move to wide receiver: Who are the five? Who are the five linebackers that you you both said? So you go through them. Who um, we got? Start from the top. I would say, uh, let's see: JOK, Jacob Phillips, Taki Taki, Walker. And then either Malcolm Smith or Tony Fields would be my guess, depending gotcha. on what Fields looks like. They may have to try to sneak Fields onto the practice squad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't I, know if they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, because everything that I've read uh, and kind of heard is um, if he does make the team, he could be an absolutely a special teams contributor right right mm -hmm. away, um, which is, you know, I kind of like that. I, I, I give love to the special teams. You got guys. any other names on your five, Mike? No, I mean the only thing I can think of with with Fields is he's been hurt too, right? So he's got a lot of uh, time to make up for right. when it comes to camp. So he he may be behind the ball in terms of his learning curve. He may not be. We'll see. I, again, I I've been told by uh, one of the offensive linemen that was out here at the Hula Bowl just how hard this guy studies and just how much of a leader he is. Ooh, I wouldn't suspect. I like that. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. note. And, and yeah. he ended up getting drafted by the Saints, so I, I hope I hope you know the best for his career. Uh, sure, but really nice guy. But any, any, anywho, um, you know, if he has a hard time picking it up, I, I could see Lee making the team just strictly because of his play on special teams, right? So that mm -hmm. could be sure. a float out there that would be a little bit of a surprise if then we try to sneak Fields on on the practice squad. But I think it's really going to come down to to Fields and and probably Lee for that fifth spot. So yeah, Phillips, JOK, Walker. I can see Taki Taki staying and then Lee or Fields for me. Got it. All right. Let's move on to uh, let's move on to wide receivers, shall we? Yeah, um, this is an interesting position. And I know it's a passion of yours because you were on the uh, you were part of the uh, rather wide, loud uh, yes. wide receiver day one group uh, leading up to uh, leading up to the draft. 
Um, it, it's another group where you just the numbers, the sheer numbers are, are yep. staggering. And we're, the, we're what four years removed from the Kenny Britt situation. <laughs> so it, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Most of it, <clears throat> I said this with Jake on his pod last night, and I'll see if you agree. If this group is going to take the next step forward, like we think they can, so much of it hinges on 13. If Odell comes back and is Odell, it makes everybody else's job a thousand times easier because most of the rest of the guys operate in the short and mid-range areas. And him and, and, and the third rounder, Anthony Schwartz, together, dragging guys 40 yards down the field just makes it so much easier on those other guys. But, yeah, I mean... Guys like Jamarcus Bradley, I know you like Derek Willies as much as I do. I'm a huge fan. Ryan Switzer, JoJo Natson, Alexander Hollins. These are all guys with NFL caliber talent that unless there's an injury, realistically, they don't have a chance. Yeah. I mean, they, they really don't have a chance to make the 53. Your right. thoughts on the wide receiver room as a whole, Mike? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's – I mean – Browns fans that have wanted to get rid of OBJ are they they kind of just infuriate me a little bit. So I mean, <laughs> as as OBJ goes, I really think like you, to your point that the wide receiver room is going to be shaped uh, accordingly. Um, I was excited. I know this is a little bit kind of like like soft news, but watching his his video yesterday about just how how good he looks, how how, how in shape he is. He's utilizing kind of some of those. Uh, I would say edge cases, sort of like like LeBron does when it comes to taking care of his body. He's got this this water pool with all these different like I, I don't even know the science that's behind it, but it's almost as scientific <clears throat> as your verification um, ideas before the show. Uh, but anyways, I think OBJ is just critical to this team, right? He, he's gonna he's going to set the tone for for defenses, and it's going to allow players that like DPJ and Schwartz to really get open down the field. I think DPJ gets slept on as uh, a deep threat. He's sort of my AJ Brown comparison. I've been Mm. saying that for years now. I think he can be that exact type of player for us. Um, And I'm excited to see kind of what he does this season. But yeah, OBJ, number number one, first and most important for for this team and for the success um, across the board for all the players as they battle it out. Sure. I think I think for me the most interesting part, and usually, you know, as Browns fans, for whatever reason, we just love end of the roster guys in camp. We <laughs> love those kind of Cinderella stories we always have. So usually the battle is, you know, some guy we've never heard of from you know east, west, north, northern tech that has a great camp, and we all fall in love with him. But for me, this year it's the middle of that wide receiver room. Yes, it's interesting because unless you know, obviously, unless something weird happens or there's an injury, the top two guys are set in stone. Right. It's going to be Odell and Jarvis. That three, four, five, and how they rank. Yeah, uh, Rashard Higgins, Kaderil Hodge, who a lot of people are yeah. sleeping on. DPJ. How does that shake out? You know, uh, and they're obviously they are not going to cut Anthony Schwartz. He was a top 100 pick. So no, you're talking about six guys. Whatever order you rank the three, four, five, those are probably the three, four, five, unless something weird happens. So I I don't know where the the snaps are going to come from for those guys, though. That that's that's my question. Like Donovan Pe- Donovan Peoples Jones and and Hollywood Higgins. Like who's going to get more snaps? 
I mean, who, who who's going to get more snaps between those two? And I'll I'll tell you, I'll throw. I'm with you, Stephen. I think people are sleeping on Kadero Hodge too. Uh, mm-hmm. I still can't get over that that catch. I think he made in week 16 or 17 last year it was behind him, and and gosh, and not to mention the dude can block. He does a lot of little things that we just yep. don't see. He's a, He's a hell lot of faster a, than. I mean, let's face it. That's why. It's like everyone forgets. Remember when everyone uh, was asking why? Why is Hodge playing over Higgins? Well, that was a big reason why, because he can block. Um, so I, I'll after my rant, after I asked the question, then I then I spewed a million words after that. Who's going to get more snaps? I'll start with you, Mike Hodge or Higgins. It's a great question. Um, I wish I had the the magic ball, but if I'm it, going to pretend yeah. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be DPJ. And, and the reason why is I think, again, he can do more. I think he can, he can high point the ball. He's physical. Um, he, we saw numerous examples of him blocking, sometimes running 30, 40 yards down the field, I believe, in that Cincinnati game to get out in front of a block, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember the game, but sure. I, I distinctly remember multiple times watching the tape and, and seeing him engaged and making big plays as a blocker. So, uh, I just think he offers more upside. He's one of the most athletically gifted wide receivers we have on the team. He's one of the most athletically gifted wide receivers in that combine. Um, so I think Higgins is back on a one-year deal. I think he's sort of more being viewed as like an insurance policy, just a, a nice-to-have uh, you know component for the room. I know he and Baker have uh, you know a, a great relationship, but sooner or yep. later he's down to playmakers and. I think, you know, while he does make plays and, and I and I like Higgins, I just think comparing him to DPJ Jay, yeah. and what, what he brings, I think DPJ gets more snaps. <laughs> yeah, Troy, I meant the question was actually Higgins or DPJ, and I accidentally said Hodge. But, yes, I am an idiot. I agree. It was a stupid question. I <laughs> yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you, uh, Mike, that um, – uh, he offers athletically probably more upside. Now, you know, the reason that I've been a Hollywood fan since his draft cycle is he's one of those guys that shows you don't have to be the best athlete to be a great receiver. You sure. just got to be precise in your routes and your footwork and you got to do the little things. And he's always done that. I'm a huge fan of his. But we're talking the, the issue, I think, is we're talking about these guys that could take the next step. And DPJ is right at the forefront of that group, you know, become a better, more complete, get more receptions, you know, be a bigger part of the offense. Yeah. I just don't know where the snaps are going to come from um, because it's not as bad as some people make it out to be, but this offense does rely more heavily on two two wide receiver sets than a lot of the others around the league. So uh, I, it, it's interesting to me um, in that with Hollywood in particular, this is probably, I don't, I don't really have many spicy takes. Usually this is probably as spicy as I'll get. And it's heavily watered down at that. I think he's looking for, a bigger role, a bigger payday, more respect, all that stuff. I don't know, especially if DPJ or Hodge or or Anthony Schwartz show a lot in camp this year. I don't know if he's going to have the opportunity to get that this year. And I think of that group that's not going to get a ton of snaps, he might hold the most trade value. So if there is going to be a surprise trade at the end of camp, I think he probably makes more sense than the other guys just because of the return. Now, I'm not saying I want him traded. I'm not saying I want him cut. Don't anybody take that the wrong way. I, I, no. I, I yeah, I know. Chat, cycle, but chat's, I think... chat's flipping their shit right now. Chat, no, we're, we're not We're not hating on Hollywood Higgins. We're talking about three, four, five spots of, of the wide receivers on this roster. And that's, exactly. that, that is D, DPJ, Higgins, and, and probably Hodge. 
Uh, probably, I, I would think. I, are they going to keep Schwartz. six? Or Schwartz. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Are they going to keep six? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think they have to. Because um, I, I, I don't want to get rid of any six of those guys. But again, this is this is rich people problems, man. This is, yeah. this is the kind of things that we keep talking about that us as Browns fans, we're just not used to. I mean, Hodge is probably looking at – you're looking at Hodge as your fifth or sixth. And you know you can't can't get rid of shorts like you said. So, I mean, Hodge might be the might be the odd man be. out. He he, he might well, be. be. He might I be. It, I think it's going to come down to your to your uh, your fancy, Andy, and that's that's special teams, right? I mean, can yeah. Schwartz come in and contribute on special teams? If, sure. You know, if not going to get those snaps and and sort of usurp Hodge because Hodge is a special teamer. He's great. He's been solid for us in that role. So. It may come down to that battle in terms of which guy. I mean, Schwartz is going to stick, but I, I think you know where Hodge lands. It's going to come down to that battle between those two guys, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And Stephen, I got to say, man, that that I, I, you and I love Higgins. I've loved Higgins. If you follow me, I love if, Higgins. If, I if love Hollywood. I'll red carpet up in this bitch right now. I'll do it. <laughs> Don't make me chat. Don't make me. I, All right. I, sorry, I, Mike. I would love to see that, but no. Um, <laughs> you know, if if you follow my Twitter account, you know that. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. But you know, I think you're coming with some some Hawaiian spicy chili pepper water with that take. It, it could be something that that lures in some value at a position of need for us because again, Higgins is good, and he again he he isn't going to wow you with his athleticism, but no. he just makes plays, and yeah. he was literally. I'm sorry. He was a damn penalty flag away from making a really big play uh, in in the playoffs. So, again, I I would love for him to stick, and and I would love to see where those snaps come from. But I kind of like where, you know, the idea of trying to get value for him in that situation, Steve. Well, I think if it comes down, if those three guys or any combination or whatever, if he's – if he's in any way not getting – not a lock or whatever, however you want to phrase it, if there's any question at all – I of those guys, all I'm saying is he probably holds the most trade return value. So that might make sense if they're graded that close by the staff, and you got to move somebody. He would probably. I again, I I, I don't. I think it's unlikely, but if it comes sure. down to that, uh, he would be the guy that would bring the most in return. Whether that's like you said, you know, a defensive tackle or some other sure. position that they think they're deficient at, or whether it's just future draft capital, because. I mean, you could trade a lot. Of, I mean, you could trade. You probably get something for Derek Willies or, or or Alexander Hollins or these guys. But you're talking, you know, conditional six, two years from now or yeah, something like that, yeah, which is better not, than just cutting them outright. But if you're looking sure. for anything even kind of substantial, I think Hollywood is the only guy from that group that could even potentially fit yeah. uh, that bill. I like talking about this group. We got the chat fired up. They're pissed at us. Well, I think they're pissed at me. But I love Hollywood. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! Shit! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the next position. You get, well, actually, before I do that, I don't want to be rude. You guys, anything else you want to say about this wide receiver battle in camp? Because I'm with you guys. I think three. I think three through six. I think yeah, you could have a preference here, a preference there. But I think I think all those guys can play. Is basically all I'm trying to say. I don't think there's yeah. a bum in that group. Honestly, I think this is one of the most talented wide receiver cores the Browns have probably had since '99. Not probably, it is. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you look at you – know, I've brought him up a couple of times. You look at uh, not only JoJo Natson and Ryan Switzer who have played, uh, you know, they've, they've proven yeah. that they're NFL time. But you look at a guy like Derek Willies. He's 6'4", 210, runs 
four four something great hands made a huge play a few years ago in the overtime win against Baltimore uh, and unless somebody gets hurt has virtually no chance to make the roster so yeah I, you know I mean that that in and of itself just says this is a really solid group top to bottom it's just a question of how they value them where they rank them and whether those guys three four five and six will be happy with their role or whether they might go to a b quietly and say you know, if I'm going to be the fifth guy, please try to move me somewhere where I can play because I'm on a one-year deal and I need a better contract and all that sure. kind of stuff comes into play the third week of August as well. Absolutely. Mike, anything else you want to add close out on the wide receivers? No, I, no, I mean, it's just it's going to be a fascinating room to watch <laughs> in camp. And that, that's that's it. I mean, that's, that's – yeah. That's how, what, how does OBJ look? You know, because he, he, sure. he looks damn good. So he comes back and he's healthy, then I, I think – uh, we are in for an explosive and exciting season and the wide receiver position. Well, let's move on to another battle in camp, and that's going to be Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnson, uh, I mean, he he spelled quite well last year in spots. He he had he had a couple moments um, return return kicks. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Uh, you are the guest, and you are better looking than Steven. So we will start with you, my friend. Um, kind of what, what? How do you think this is going to pan out? Who's the odd man out here between uh, Demetric Felton and uh, and Dearness Johnson? Sure. Um, oddly enough, to Ernst Johnston, I have some receipts from from him back in the day, uh, watching him before the draft. Anyways, that I, I really sure. like. Him. He came back home to Cleveland is exciting for me. I knew he wasn't going to amount to, you know, more than RB3, which is fine. Uh, but, yeah, he, de- he definitely has versatility, and he- he's a guy that can fill that needed RB3. However, I think, again, this team drafted Felton for a specific reason, and I think it is for that role. I think when I went back, and I have some threads, again, from, from his tape, uh, he is – he definitely fits the mold of the – the, the zone scheme. He's going to be able to, to make that, that read and make right. that, and get upfield really quickly. And he's very good after, after contact, he's got good contact balance. Um, and, and he had a lot of big plays in the passing game as well. So I think he's going to be able to contribute there. So that gives you some versatility. And then obviously, um, you know, he has experience in, in special teams too. So I think He's the guy that they're, they're looking, expecting to come in and, and win the job. And I fully expect him to do so after my you know, extensive study of him uh, from 2019 and 2020. Sure. Sure. Steven? I, uh, I would agree with you. You forced me to bet right now my money would land on the, on the Felton side of the table for all the reasons that Mike just listed. Plus, uh, I don't know how many people remember the Senior Bowl. There was a discussion that whole week because he was getting mm-hmm. a ton of snaps with the wide receiver group. He's a guy in the mold, not the same body style or running style, but in the mold of versatility of Kareem Hunt, who can give you some snaps in the slot, who can uh, you know, do some things for you that not typical running back stuff. Plus, you know, in the kick return game, I mean, the kick return game was a question mark until um, Dearness Johnson stepped in and solidified it last year, and he did a damn good job. Um, but I, I don't know that that he has enough juice in the passing game to supplant Felton. Um, And I still don't know what happened at Felton's uh, pro day. Nobody knows what happened there. I mean, I don't know if he was, you know, 
uh, he looked like me out there that day. And it just, yeah. you and I had this, you and I had this conversation a bunch of times, Mike, we're looking at the times and stuff from his pro day and we're going, that just does not match the tape. Nope. So um, you look at what he can do and what this front office has shown that they value. And he has a lot of those things. He can make a big play. Like you said, he can make it in all three phases of the games. I don't know if he's willing to be a gunner on punt coverage or whatever, uh, but he can offer so many different things that it, he's one of those guys. It's going to be hard to keep him off the roster is, is what it's going to come down to. I think. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Let's welcome in Jake Burns. Jake, what's going on, bud? I know you were going to join us uh, tonight. This is going to kind of get used to this guys from when we, when we moved to Twitch, because you're going to get a lot of the OBR staff popping in for an hour, popping in for 10 minutes, popping in for a couple hours. Jake, thanks for popping in, hanging out with us for a little bit, bud. Yeah, of course. What's going on, guys? We're uh, we're talking about the uh, training camp battles, and we're on the running backs right now, uh, Felton and uh, and Dearness Johnson. Uh, where do you come out? Who's the odd man out uh, making the roster? Mike said uh, he thinks it's going to be William Green. I thought that was a hot trade. <laughs> But what do you I think? Where, I wonder where William Green is Scorching. now. Um, it's going to be Ben Gay, you idiots. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I heard the tail end of your guys' conversation. There's, like, I think the Ernest is probably the better football player right now, and that's good. That's fine, but that doesn't really benefit them much because they have two far superior players in front of them. So. What can you do that is diverse to help the team find a way onto the field? And I think Felton can present more of those things. Now, the earnest kind of ace in the hole here is that he was really effective as a kick returner last year. I like that. So Felton needs to prove that he can handle some mm. of those kick return duties too to sort of justify. Because I, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is not built to be a kick returner. and really like that from him. Uh, doesn't really see it progress as well as you would like that guy to to make one cut and and, sure. uh, you know, he's, he's, he's easier to bring down. So I liked when Dearness was returning kicks. Can Felton do that? If he can, if he can be on punt team, if he can be on a couple other things. And then you start looking at, like, these guys probably want to actually spend time developing a third running back. They can do that with Dearness. But does he do as many things well on the football field as Felton? I don't think so. So, you know, right. you guys see him in the NFL. But um, – I think Dearness is a better running back. It's probably a better fit for what they do schematically. There's no denying that. But uh, I just think that what Felton can do, a, a bit of the downline development and, uh, you know, both phases aspect of things are, are something they're probably drawn to. But Dearness could show up in crazy good shape. He could have a really great camp, a really great preseason, and all of a sudden he's uncuttable. And then you've got to make a tough choice. So. I, I still don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Andy Janovich is not a secure roster spot and they can look at keeping four backs. So interesting. Um, yeah, I just I don't think they want to use the fullback as much as I think we anticipated. So that's a different conversation. But yeah, that's where I'm at with it. It's it's gosh, all these battles. It's gonna I, I just I'm not used to this as a Browns fan, man. I, I'm just not used to this. Like I I th there's gonna be good players. That are just gonna we're gonna have to cut, and that's just kind of the rich people problems. Well, and we were talking about last last night. Yeah. Even and I were about how many NFL level wide receivers they have on the roster. Not like not just the five guys, six guys that we think are gonna make the team, but like Derek sure. Williams, an NFL wide receiver. Ryan Switzer's been an NFL wide receiver. Uh, Jamarcus Bradley, we think is an NFL level wide receiver. So it's like 
I just it's it's a it's crazy how far they've come with this, where we got accustomed to terrible bottom of the roster players. Now they're they're kind of in several positions are, are featuring guys that could make rosters on other teams. <laughs> Still waiting for that red carpet, Amy? No, <laughs> they they blew it. I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna do that. They were questioning my Hollywood fandom. I was not going to stand for it, but I, I will. I will do the red carpet walk someday on the screen. It will happen. It'll definitely happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Another battle. I don't have any slideshows for it, but I'm just kind of curious. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's it's the position group that I'm so fascinated by, and I keep bringing this up with, uh, especially you, Stephen, and even you, Jake, a little bit. Is the interior defensive line, defensive tackle? Uh, I felt they needed to add to some depth there before the draft and, and before free agency. And then uh, Sheldon Richardson gets released. And then all of a sudden, bam, Andrew Barry must have heard me because he signed 47 defensive tackles in the last like eight weeks. How many? I, I'll start with you, Mike. How many, how many DTs are, can they re- realistically carry? I, this is a great question. I think this is probably one that, that Jake is going to be the, the better driver on. But I, I, just because in terms of how, how, they, how, how they utilize these guys is going to be really important, right? Because I think uh, guys are, are able to do different things. Like Malik Jackson can do different things. Malik McDowell can do different sure. things. Clowney can do different things. So, like, you know, it's just I, I think it's going to come down to kind of how Woods wants to orchestrate that group and 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 complement each other um and so in terms of a number for just the interior guys I, man I, I don't know maybe four so yeah. that gets too much three or four is is where where i'm landing um with I, I think one guy in particular sort of being the biggest question mark for me and that would be last year's draft pick and and jordan elliott i want to see kind of what he can come up with uh yeah. in terms of year one to year two i sure. think he, he was he was okay in some spots, and, and I just think that obviously they they are cl- clearly sending a message to that entire room that they, they need to improve because they brought in so many different players, right? And and guys that have huge upside like like Wilson, right? And and, and Togiai and um, you know Malik McDowell, albeit off the field stuff aside, if if he gets his stuff together, I mean that's another potential. Just I mean, yeah, we can go from rags to riches sort of in that room. And I think I answered your question, but back to you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny you brought up Elliot because, Jake, if, if I'm not mistaken, you were not super high on Elliot going into the draft last season, right? If I'm, am no, I remember? I wasn't, I wasn't not high on him. I mean, I just didn't think he was quite as good as Pro Football Focus was painting the portrait of him. I, mean, I got gotcha. you. He had a long history of transferring, leaving places, and uh, not just just some things that I didn't love. And then I didn't think on tape he was as quick twitch as some tried to sell him as. And I think that that played a part last year. I had John Stephenson break him down. Uh, you guys know him as Buckeye with a bunch of numbers or all 22 Chalk Talk on Twitter. He's a DC in the Columbus area. He's really good at it. He's a smart guy. And he saw, I just said, hey, man, you take this film study because I don't. I need someone else to look at it. And he kind of <laughs> came to some similar thoughts that I did. There are flash plays. He has flash plays here and there, but sure, uh, pretty wildly inconsistent. He's not f- as physical as I would like him to be. And there are so many times where I watch and I'm like, he's the last person out of his stance. And that's a problem. So 
I didn't see anything year one. I mean, you know, Larry didn't pan out, but we saw flashes from Larry in year one. Sometimes with yeah. these guys, you see flashes that you need to see for the future. Uh, I just I didn't see any flashes with Elliott. He didn't really produce much, and and he had a couple tackles here and there. He was nice. He had a couple plays that were down the line, like defending zone schemes, wide zone stuff. But at this point, I don't feel great about. It. I would not be stunned if he was cut. That's that's yeah. where I'm at. I, I don't think he will be, but I wouldn't be like, oh yeah. my god. I mean, it was a third round Elliott. pick last yeah, year. I, yeah, you I, know. I just don't. I didn't love his rookie year, but he could turn it around. I think he's. He's got to get in really good shape, and I don't think he's there yet. I just, I don't. Maybe he comes in in shape this year, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that there's a, re- a world in which he gets cut and is just not a part of this this team. But I, again, I would think that a third year, a third round pick, they would probably keep investing in him and give him another year. That's my best guess. But you know, we've seen weirder things, and they got to go with who's best when they get there. So uh, there will be opportunities for everybody. Well, Jake, as you know, uh, we we went back and forth on this during his draft cycle because I like Jordan Elliott, and um, you know I'm verified, so I'm obviously right. Um, <laughs> but um, I agree with everything you said. Now, now, as we've discussed with him, not just him, but a lot of other people that were rookies last year, how much of the inconsistency that we saw was due to the bizarre circumstances of the 2020 season? You're talking about rookies coming in with. You know, no off-season, no in-person workouts, this and that. Everybody knows what they all went through. So I'm hoping that I see more of what I thought he would do. But I'm totally with you on his rookie year. It was not what we thought it should be. But you look at the rest of this this mm. group. I mean, it, nobody's even talking about Damian Square. No one no one is talking. And no. the, the guy is – I mean, he's not Aaron Donald, but he's, he's a darn good football. He's a solid player, you know, that does just about everything well. You're looking at Billings. You're looking at Jackson, even Sheldon Day, probably more of a placeholder, uh, I would think, than anything else. But you look at uh, the, the younger guys. You look at Jordan Elliott. You look at Malik McDowell, who we have no idea what we're going to get from. Yeah, he, he could right. end up being DT1, or he could be cut the second week of camp, or anything in between. We have no clue. And then you've right. got Togi, who I think we all agree they stole in the fourth round, and Marvin Wilson, who if they get healthy, motivated Marvin Wilson – we've seen the flashes he can be destructive so i it, it's they went with a we're going to throw a lot of numbers at this position so we don't need everybody to work out we just need four sure. maybe, maybe five of them to work out depending on how it all sh- shakes out and i think they have enough guys with enough potential that they're going to be okay uh barring injury there now whether billings or malik jackson or those guys are here beyond this year because they're both on one-year deals that remains to right. be seen uh, Malik Jackson at 32, I believe, maybe 33 years old, probably not, but he's got that versatility because he can he can go outside and rush on the edge as well. So um, it's going to be fascinating, and and it's going to be one of those things that it sounds like a cliche, but it really is. It's going to come down to camp, and they're all starting at the exact same spot. I don't think anybody here has the advantage. Like, I, I don't think there's anybody in this room that you can say he's got to be awful to not make the team. Right. They all have to perform, you know, and, and that's a good problem to have. Yeah. And, and not to mention, I, I think a, uh, I think some aren't thinking of this either. I mean, some of these edge guys, they're going to kick them inside, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Clowney's going to get reps, I think, uh, uh, on the inside. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just it's just hilarious to me because I was literally banging the drum in February. Like, man, we really need to get some depth of the a defensive tackle. I just felt it was needed and then bam andrew barry answered my prayers um 
let's let's kind of uh, move on to some of these rookie pros or not rookie but draft prospects since we've got a bunch of draft analysts here and, and people that really do their due diligence at it uh we got mike here so and, and steven that's obviously your thing you hate when i call you a draft guru so i won't do that even though i technically kind of just did um <laughs> why do you hate that i kind of like it it sounds good mm, mm, i'm verified you call me what i tell you <laughs> Steven, you got the list in front of you as well of the players that you uh, you you sent me today that we wanted to go over. We've got uh, Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, uh, John Match the Third, Romeo. Do- is it da- Dobbs or Dubes? Dubes. Dobbs. Yeah. Romeo Dubes. DeMarvel Leal. Perian Winfrey. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Chris Chris Hinton and Tyler mm-hmm. Linderbaum. Um, I know any- like five names there. <laughs> I know. I know. Jeez, felt like it. Oh, Lord. So um, whoever you want to start with, Stephen, Mike, uh, just kind of start. Well, uh, I wanted to throw it to Mike first. Uh, sure. Because Jake and I have had this discussion, and it's it's super early for draft talk. It's This is kind of the yeah. running wind sprints at the Y portion of the, of the cycle. You don't want to sure. lock into even a position, let alone a specific guy at this point, because it's so long until April. But Oh, horse shit. I want you to mock the top 10 <laughs> of next year's draft right exactly. here, right now. Exactly. Right? No way in hell. Um, but, Mike, I wanted to ask you, and it's so hard because of good reasons, which position, if you had to bet right now, what is your day one target uh, position group for next year? Man, again, this is this is some uh, some reading the tea leaves, but I've got to think that with the the way the contracts are for for OBJ and Landry, that we're, we're going to yeah. try to have to target a wide receiver, or um, that that's where my head goes initially is wide receiver in the first round. Um, now, who that is again, we're we're way out, but I know you mentioned Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude that i thought well i think a lot of us on on this call here thought that he was going to come out this year Mm -hmm. Uh, i did some film work on him and i I mean when you when you do the film work and you look at the numbers you look at what he's able to produce uh, in terms of separation yards per catch um, all the different things he is i mean he's a stud and he's a guy that i think should should he fall to you know pick 32 right like we all know we're going to guaranteed that's where we're picking. I don't know if he'll be there, but just in terms of wide receivers in the first round, um, he's one of the few guys on your list so far, Stephen. I've actually studied, and yeah, I mean, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you, and I think Jake, you and I talked about this briefly uh, the other night. It, obviously, we got to see how it all plays out, but uh, wide receiver, maybe interior defensive tackle because they've got a lot of young. We just went over how many unex, uh, unanswered questions they have in that room. And then I'm going to throw a sneaky one in there, and that would be uh, interior offensive line. Uh, mm. Now, that would be if JC takes a step back or gets hurt sure. or they just decide because his cap number next year is just shy of $10 million. And if they decide they want to keep Wyatt Teller, I, I don't see them putting – because that would be three huge contracts in the middle of that offensive line. That doesn't – I mean, maybe they do it for a year and carry it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So – if they're happy with the wide receiver situation and you know the defensive tackle situation solidifies itself and maybe Clowney sticks around for another year, then you're looking at maybe they grab a center and Tyler Linderbaum was my guy from Iowa or this early that I really want everybody to keep an eye on. 
Yeah. Uh, anyone else on that list that uh, you want to touch on, Stephen or Jake? You guys, any uh, any of those guys that I mentioned? It's like a million guys. I don't know if Stephen <laughs> sent you over the notes or not, but yeah. Well, I, I, as far I truly... as uh, you look at it from the, I'll, I'll throw this out there, and then and then Jake, you can give us your thoughts. Um, uh, as far as this analytical front office, and this year we argued endlessly about the age guardrail and everything else. It matters to this to this front office so when i see somebody who's only going to be 20 at the time of the draft that's projected in the first round my eyes are drawn to go look at him to see if he fits what andrew barry would want and the kid from usc drake london only going to be 20 at the time of the draft next year and is already being talked about by very smart draft minds way smarter than mine as a day one potential potentially even top half of day one kind of guy so that would sure. just be a guy to keep your eye on this early and see how he plays as the season rolls along but i just wanted to throw that out there uh keep these things in mind when you're looking at draft stuff with this front office out there guys jake what, you got thoughts this early i know it's super early for you to even be thinking well i guess I'll, I'll throw it at you like this jake uh, uh mike mike brought up you know first thought position group that comes to his mind based on contract situations all that being wide receiver mm -hmm. um is are, are you are you kind of there i think i i think my first i'm right i'm kind of with you there mike a little bit um but i also i think edge is another one for me that comes to mind uh Could jake be. jake where are you at with uh you know just kind of projecting needs into the draft next year in the first round especially yeah it's tough we spent it's some so time tough wide receiver last night i i I think I think Odell is probably back another year. This is just my guess. They don't want to leave that cupboard bare. Sure. I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd be wise to to leave it bare. Um and and kind of I guess it depends. If Donovan Peoples Jones has a great year and they want to bring back Rashard Higgins and they there's some things they could do there. I think we all presume they're not gonna have two big contracts. And if you're looking at which contract you'd like to keep you would probably lean Odell. Granted, I guess if it's not a disastrous season, that's always in the realm of outcomes. But sure, I, I mean, I think what we do too much is try to say, I think they're going to take this position. It happens so often. And they're all about, when you listen to them, the valued positions and taking what's best available at the time like they're not going to just take a corner because they got to take a corner they're going right. to they were you know if, if the guy wasn't there they're going to take another yeah. play they'll they'll consider wide receiver they'll definitely yep. look at it if the right guy's there if if this if this draft if if greg newsom wasn't there would they have considered rashad bateman maybe probably sure. Sure. you know so I, I i think they're going to consider wide receiver next year because they'll go into it with the idea that they'll probably need a guy um D tackle could be a disaster this year. It's it's it possible be. it's a disaster, and they know they need somebody there. You know, we all think it could be okay, but uh, you know, this this is the time of year. There's sweet, or everyone thinks their team's going a lot of question marks, seventeen and zero sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that that position is one that I think that they could end up looking to pick somebody. But again, you got to find the right value at that spot. You can't force a defensive tackle to pick. So. You know, especially when you look back at last year's class, there wasn't really anybody that you felt good about picking. So the right value is but D to me, D tackle is on the list. Uh, I would, I would, I would definitely look at wide receiver. And Steve knows my philosophy, which is if there's good enough coverage players and there's a hell of a coverage player there, yeah. I'm taking him. I just want, I want always on the day one too. Yeah, man, I want always. as many cover guys as I can possibly have in this yep. modern NFL. So. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I mean, I, they're not going to take a linebacker early. Steve's spot on when he talked about 
uh, I, I should say in the first round, they're not going to take, they're probably not going to take positions that are replaceable. Buda's replaceable mm-hmm. positions early. Um, but the age thing is the biggest thing. They're, yeah. they're, they're always going to trend it's young, real. young, young. So that is a, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I know Mike, you said you, you probably have, a, because you know as many names, if not more than I do, you probably have some wide receiver names that I didn't mention you wanted to throw in. I just want to piggyback off of Jake, uh, Jake's thought. And that is that, so in going back and looking at this year's potential class and looking at those guardrails, sort of how I construct my list is to look at the, the year that, that the player is right now. So I look at specifically freshmen and, and sophomores. And so the names I'm going to share are within that, that guardrail. Um, and I also look and sort of reverse engineer where I'm going to look at the tape first by kind of studying the numbers, right. And studying who has the, 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 the best yards, yards per catch average and who's got the most receptions and touchdowns and look for those, those guys who have versatility um, in, in the stat sheet. And then, then I go to the tape, right. So <laughs> Yes, I am 100%, Jake, a nerd. Um, so <laughs> we look, all are. Lavelle, Lavelle Davis Jr. is a freshman. Look him up. Very talented. Uh, Quentin Johnston is a freshman. Uh, CJ Johnston is a sophomore. Uh, Deontay Simpson is a sophomore. Donovan Green is a freshman. Uh, Jalen Naylor is a sophomore or was a, or going to be a sophomore, I believe. Uh, Jalen Robinson is going to be a sophomore. And, and those kind of those were the synthesis of, of that sort of formula, right? Let's look for, for, for age, let's look for production, and then let's go to the tape, which I haven't had a chance to do, but those guys are at the top of my list uh, when I do get that time. So, Oh, man. Quite, kind of the – we had this uh, written down too. Whew. You guys expect any trades for before week one? Steve, I you should put your, put your opinion out on that one, man. They had a yeah. good one last night. Because uh, already did. Yeah. Because R- Ronnie Harrison, uh, we all know that was that was kind of at the two minute warning, and that was a welcomed addition at the two minute warning. I think we were all were like, "Holy shit, yeah, let's go." Steven, start with you on that, dude. Um, as far as acquiring guys, I would fully expect Andrew Barry to have his ear to the ground and have that radar blasting full 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 volume as he always does. Now, whether yeah. they find the right value like they did last year mm-hmm. with uh, Ronnie Harrison who knows but I think this year we have a chance to be more on the other side of that coin because we've been saying all night and not just on this pod we've said it for a week months they've got too many guys they've got guys that are going to get snaps elsewhere now there will be teams especially the teams that are higher up in the waiver wire order that are not sure. going to want to get everything up but it, it let's say uh, you know, pick a guy, a defensive tackle that a team that's 27th in the waiver wire really, really likes and they have a need at that position. Maybe they flip as a sixth round pick or yeah. something like that. You know, yeah. so I think there's going to be the opportunity for several of those types of trades, which we see around yes. the league every single year. Bottom Absolutely. of the roster guys either flip this guy for that guy and then you swap six round picks, picks. that yeah. kind of conditional stuff. this, conditional that. Yeah. Big yeah. trades. I don't see where they would do it. I, I yeah. don't see the huge need or the 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 spot that where it would come. That's, now, that's would be my but, next question. If they did, like, would say instead of you know un, uh, unleashing one of these players that they would ha- end up having to cut, uh, what is what if they were to acquire actual players? What position group would would, would we be, be looking at? Because it's like you said, I don't even know where you start. 
I think I would say defend, and I, I want to get your take on this, Mike. I would say defensive tackle if they're unhappy with it, like Jake said. We we have sure. the range of outcomes in the defensive tackle room is one to ten. There, nobody has any idea what it's going to be like. So that's a spot, and I'll throw a sneaky one in there. We've all said, I know Jake, you were high on this. You wanted another cover corner in the draft or in free agency. They're okay right now, but if one injury or one guy doesn't, you know, perform up to where they think, it starts to get a little dicey. So. If there's somebody that they really like that, you know, somebody's going to cut or, you know, is, not, is unhappy with their playing time situation in, you know, Las Vegas or wherever, it doesn't matter. That might be a sneaky spot where they bring in another cover guy because you can never have too many cover guys in this NFL. You, your thoughts on this, Mike? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with the, the coverage philosophy in, in terms of wanting to add more to the room because they do have those, those four starters. And then it sort of, I won't say falls off, but then you get into like the, the Stewart Jackson green realm of things. And while you might be okay with, with Stewart, and I think he played well in spots last year, you don't want to have to rely on him for, uh, for long, you know, stints of time. That's just my, my opinion there. Um, I, I might say that really depending on if, if you look at the value they're trying in this, in this scenario, what they would be trying to extract and add to the team, I would, I mean, I would like to maybe potentially see them if they're not happy with how Nick Harris is coming along, they may want to bring in somebody at center who has versatility, who can play guard just because after Treader, we really have a question mark there. In my opinion, anyways, we, I don't think they were satisfied with, you know, the, he was sort of thrust into that role, but I don't think they were satisfied. I don't think he's necessarily meant to, to maybe be a center. So that could be something that they try to stack now and, and get a, get ahead of the game. But I'm just speculating clearly. Jake? Uh, I will say that um, Brad Stainbrook just saw something on Twitter where he said, uh, I don't know who Neil Driscoll is. I never know who any of these people are on Twitter. But he said teams to keep an eye on for Xavier Howard are the Browns and the Saints. Mm, interesting. Um, and, and Brad said he had texted somebody close to Howard, and they said not true to my knowledge. So for trade uh, fodder, as we're sitting here, that's wow. – uh, that's live but live trade. Know. It's not interesting. It's uh, who knows. Uh, yeah, I might, might yeah. be playing playing Madden. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, is that? I sorry, I was reading that. Is that we're still talking about is trades. We, yeah, they yeah. Trade for position yeah. wise. Yeah, who knows, They got the man. best roster in the NFL, dudes. They don't need to make <laughs> trades. They're, they're, they're great. <laughs> they're not going to lose a that game. again, Jake. Say yeah. it again, baby. I mean, they do have a really good roster. They could, yeah. yeah it's pretty it, good. The vote, the voting spot would be corner and D-tackle. That's about the only yeah. two spots I could see yeah. them pulling a trigger somewhere. I and, and Steven, I think you agree with this. They they could use another outside corner for depth. Oh, purposes. absolutely. Yeah, 1 1 million percent. So, I is I I haven't seen it. Has, has Steven Nelson signed anywhere? Did I miss that? No. Did I He still has not He's holding out for a big contract, isn't he? I mean, that's what it sounds like. I don't yeah, know. Uh, it seems like it's, it, he's probably playing it smart because, you know, at a certain point, you want to wait until you have the leverage back. And sure. His, his leverage will come halfway through camp when either a team has an injury and a desperate need or their group is just not performing the way they want to or whatever. And then he's got the the leverage in, in the negotiation and probably he's probably not not this year anyway, going to get the money that he wants. Uh, just because of the way the cap is with you know COVID and the, and the whole thing, but sure. he might land in a situation that looking forward, uh, you know, he could get a better contract next year or something like that. Yeah, I'm always for more covered corner guys, and 
you look at the corner room, yes, they are pretty well set, we think, but not as much as the DT room, but they each come with their own set of questions. Right. Denzel obviously talks about he misses, you know, two, three, four games every year. He gets dinged up. I love Denzel. It's yeah, just a same. fact that he yeah. is. Greedy's healthy and supposedly back, you know, doing everything. We we'll have see. no idea what he is. He's, a, he's yeah. essentially a third-year rookie still. Greg yeah. Newsom, I know everybody on this call loved that pick, and we think he's going to be great. He's a rookie. You never know with rookies. Troy Hill, tremendous player, is now north of 30. At some point, that, that decline is going to happen. Will it be this year? I don't think so, but it's a question to ask. And then beyond that, like Mike said, you've got some guys that are they're good in their role. We have no idea what they think of A.J. Green, but they liked him enough last year to give him the P uh, UDFA bag like they did this year uh, sure. with Marvin Wilson. So maybe he makes a big leap and plays the way they think he can uh, this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you if you can add another guy that is, you know, heck, top half of the league, even middle of the pack, really, uh, that gives you another coverage option, I'm always for that. I am yeah. always for that. Absolutely. Mike, you gonna come back on when we uh, when we launch the Twitch channel, bud? When we have you, are, are you familiar with Twitch, Mike? Are you familiar with Twitch? I am familiar with Twitch, and yeah. it, I guess it all depends. I mean, if 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 you have to be verified to get on there, like Stephen, it'll <laughs> take me a little while to get on the list. But no, I would love I would love to come on and and join you guys at some point. That'd be great. Yeah, I know you got to run, man. Go ahead and uh, and pimp uh, pimp the uh, the pod and where people can find you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, appreciate it. Good to see everybody, Jake. Great to see you, man. Um, you can find me guys uh, and Twitter at at Hawaii Browns Hui. Uh, you can also find our podcast, Nothing But the Dogs, anywhere that you guys podcast, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Um, and yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely, thanks Mike. For coming on, Mike. Appreciate you, brother. Shoot, see you, Mike. Great stuff, man. Love to see it. Well, let's uh, let's kind of segue segue that until uh, God, I, he's gone. Jesus. Oh, I, <laughs> the worst un unverified scum. Oh, yes. Lord, <laughs> mm. I still can't stop thinking about your cold open. Ah, yeah, oh, that's that good, fun. man. You really did a good job with that. You really did. Thanks. Um, it was fun. But yeah, for those in the chat who's still still with us and still still alive out there, um, I'm sure maybe you've heard. But if you haven't, uh, the OBR starting July, Monday, July 26th, uh, we are taking the live streams to Twitch, to exclusively to Twitch. Now, this is only going to be the live streams. That's we're not leaving YouTube. Now, the live streams will no longer be on YouTube. But there will be more content on YouTube because of all the extra live streams that we're going to be doing on Twitch. We get to slice those up and upload them to YouTube. Um, it, guys, it's coming. Is it going by quick or is it just me? It seems like I don't have enough time to like get all this stuff done. I don't know how you guys feel. You guys feeling it, under the gun a little? I felt under the gun pressure the last few days. I'm not going to lie. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. Twelve days from now. Um, it's real easy. I mean, if you follow me, you're probably annoyed with me tweeting about it by this point. The steps are very easy. It takes less than ninety seconds to go uh, open a Twitch account if you don't have one and follow us at uh, you know uh, the OBR underscore Browns. Uh, but we've got some great stuff, Jake. We just had a meeting the other day, and I know you were ex as excited as Andy and I are with all the stuff that we have planned for 
different nights and, and, you know, you're going to do film one night and we're going to have round tables and there's going to be all kinds of guests. And, you know, if we can, you're going to be playing Madden, hopefully against some of the, the players on the team and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a blast. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. And like Andy said, we just want to reiterate because there has been some questions in the forums and some other places. We're not abandoning YouTube. We're not abandoning the website. The forums aren't going anywhere. Nothing's going anywhere. This is not replacing anything. This is like, you know, I people who read my stuff know I, I talk about the OBR as the evil lair. Basically, the Twitch is we're building a wing, a new addition. On, we're putting a pool house in into yes. the, to the evil lair. That's all this is. Everything you love is going to be right where it is. This is just more. Jake, I, I know you uh, have been with us uh, being excited about what's coming up on Twitch. What are your thoughts, uh, especially for that first week, uh, as far as uh, what are you most excited about that we're going to do? Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just I would fun coverage, some different angles on things, and uh, you know, we will hopefully be able to give you some training camp reports and some of those different things. Yep. And uh, that that's that's the stuff we all want, you know, is to know what's going on, whether in Berea or whether through film or whatever. We won't have a ton of film to break down as we as we get going and. To piggyback on what Andy said, God, it's been it feels like forever. I I, I can't yeah. stand opening Twitter these days. It's just no, like it's... we need new things. Hopefully we get we new things soon because I'm still uneasy, guys. They have not given us the Browns were two weeks out of camp, less Nothing. than two weeks, and we right. have no idea when folks are allowed to come in. Yeah. Um what you know, I was talking to Fred Greetham, our our beat coverage guy, and um he has no clue. He has no clue what's going on. So it's wild crazy but yeah hopefully we at least get some whether the browns are doing their own video work we can have some idea of what's going on but yeah i mean it'll one i'm excited for when we get games and we can build a schedule for you guys yep. around those games and the content from those games that stuff will be really really fun yeah larry i want to ask your question why i think you asked him why we're, why we're taking live streams to twitch um well first of all number one twitch is the largest live streaming platform in the world um you're kind of hamstrung on youtube with what you can do with interaction um we we've we've maximized like these guys the obr they've maximized what they can do on youtube um however twitch is i've streamed like 3500 hours on twitch myself um, and I'm new to the OBR. I've only been in the OBR f- for a month and I took the, not the same old Browns podcast over and, uh, I'm going to, I'm helping as uh, the whole staff launch this Twitch channel, but Twitch is a more interactive place for community. Um, right. that, that, that's the most important thing. Um, any Twitch streamer, Twitch caster, they'll tell you, you know, how do you build a Twitch channel? How do you have a successful Twitch channel? It's pretty simple. It's you build a community. And you create a community and you interact with that community and you grow close with that community. And the OBR already has that. The OBR has a huge community, has for years that 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 Barry and Lane and Fred have, you know, fought their ass off to build for freaking since the gosh, the late 80s. So that's kind of where Twitch comes in because Twitch and community go together hand in hand. And I think the OBR is going to be a great fit for it. And here's what I can tell you. It's not, I know like yesterday we had the orange and brown report with Barry and Fred and, you know, it was an hour show tonight. We're doing a 
two-hour show of Not the Same Old Browns podcast. So that's three hours of live streaming content that you guys got this week. Um, it's not bad, but guess what? Once the season, especially once the season starts, and I'll tell you what, even during the preseason, you're going to get 20 to 25 plus hours a week of Browns content from the OBR. And the entire staff, myself, this show, the Not the Same Old Browns, the Orange and Brown Report, Jake's and his all 2020, all 22 uh, breakdowns, is which you guys know, Jake does incredible work. He's the best in all of Cleveland sports media doing that. It's just a fact. Uh, it's going to be Fred Greetham, who's inside Berea, literally. Uh, got Lane Atkins, who I think you all know is Mr. Insider for the OBR. I think he hates that, but I don't know what else to call him. But he's the man behind the curtain that just knows everything. Uh, he's going to be a big part of it. Uh, Brad Brad Stainbrook's going to be a big part of it. Uh, Cody, who the analytics guy. So we we have we have this entire staff at the OBR of really really good personalities, and and and, and each person has their own skill set. I to, per se, and we're going to put that all together for a lot of live streaming content on Twitch. We're talking twenty to twenty five hours, guys, a week. That's a lot of content. Seven p.m. Eastern. Every night, it, well, yeah. if not every night, almost every night, yes. 7 p.m. Eastern, you're, you're going to know. I can go to the OBR Twitch because somebody's going to be there. They're going to be giving me some Browns content. They're going to give me, you know, and sometimes it'll be, you know, hardcore film analysis with Jake. Sometimes it'll be goofy fun because we're playing Madden or, you know, whatever. But it's going to be all Browns every single night. So that I think that's why we're excited about it, because it gives yeah. us the opportunity to be mo far more interactive uh, and I know there's probably people out there that were like me up, up until a month ago. I knew nothing. I, Twitch was where little, young kids went to watch other young kids play video games. That's it. That's all yeah. I knew about it. I have found out it is so much more. Uh, oh, gosh. And, and, and I'm excited about it. So, yeah. And and, yeah. and not to mention, we, we've talked about it before, but I'll say it again. The pendulum is swinging that way because, guys, Amazon owns Twitch. For those that don't know that, I'm sure some of you knew, but I'm sure some don't. Amazon owns Twitch, and we know how what a powerhouse they are. Uh, the NFL is entered a very, very expensive, lucrative marriage with Amazon with the 10-year deal for Thursday Night Football um, that, that Amazon's going to pay $1.2 billion annually over that 10-year deal. Holy smokes, that's a lot of that's a, that's a lot of quiche. Um, I think the pendulum's swinging that way because of, of, of live streaming a lot of NFL content because DirecTV's contract runs out after the 2022 season. Where's, who's going to take over the NFL Sunday ticket? going to have to be someone with deep pockets and it's going to be a we we all know we live in the uh streaming subscription service days that's just where we're at uh satellite for direct tv it is what it is but you know it's just not it's not the thing right now so i could even see starting in 2023 the 2023 season that NFL Sunday ticket is even on prime. It's a prime channel or something. It's going to go something like that. But what I'm getting at with this whole rant is the NFL and Twitch and Amazon are already in, in bed together. And I think they're going to continue to make sweet love. And I think they're going to birth a bunch of children and have a happy family. I think that's where it's going. Um, so I feel like we are getting into this at the perfect right time because one, no one else in Cleveland is doing in Cleveland media is doing what we're going to do. Number two, there's just not a lot of like team specific based 
shows on Twitch, period, right now. But I'm, I promise you, over the next year, two, three years, you're going to see that consistently grow. They're, they're coming. I mean, it, 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 they're coming. So I'm going to put that link in the uh, chat one more time, guys. But that's uh, that's where you want to follow us. And uh, if you guys want, we can, we should actually show them the trailer. What do you guys think? Want to show them the trailer? Um, if you want to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then we can move on. I got one more thing that I want to talk about with Jake. Sure. I want to talk about the playoff picture in the AFC. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to fire that up there, it's only a minute long. So Yeah. doesn't get you guys fired up i don't know what is i know jake's got to get out of here in a minute so steven whatever you want to ask jake uh real quick get his take on run down your uh just uh, give me your it's time stamp july 14th obviously a lot can change it, it all depends on you know injuries and all that kind of stuff right now give me your playoff teams in the afc um how many are there again let's go who the wins the divisions and then there's an, those extras i just saw that the, they're going back to 53 man rosters this year i hadn't seen anything official on that but mm-hmm. i saw today that they kept the seventh team for this year didn't they i think they did I, th- I think i don't know the communication on the stuff so yeah. weird um yeah it's uh, the afc east goes to buffalo i think that's pretty obvious uh the west goes to kansas city uh the north goes to cleveland i think we're going to See Cleveland win the division for the first time since my year of birth. Um, and then who am I missing? The South, right? Uh, that yeah. probably goes to Tennessee. I just don't trust Carson Wentz enough. So those are your four. I need what three playoff teams? Wild yeah, card three, is three wild right? card teams. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say Miami Oops. makes it. Uh, I'm gonna say. <sighs> Who else am I thinking? Okay, so I don't think this because obviously I think Baltimore. So there's two. Don't think sound. You could say the Colts. Who's in the West that could? Can, I mean, Chargers, Denver, or Char- it's probably Denver Chargers or Colts. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the Chargers. So that's who I'm at. That I, everybody time stamps and save it. <laughs> Lock it in. I mean, in January, yeah. I want you to throw this in Jake's face. If any one of them is wrong, because that's that's what we do on Twitter. So that's right, yeah. man. Perfect. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. All right, brother, you got to run. Right. Yeah, I do have to run. I do have to run. Kyle best to take off. So I will be around, though. I'll be around, fellas. Um, Appreciate it, Mr. Burns, as, as usual. All right, guys, keep crushing right. it. Yep, See you, Jake. You too, See you, fellas. Yes, sir.
Well, we can hang around for a few more minutes. Uh, let's yeah. do ours. Let's do our. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with most of them. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with. I, I think I would have identical division winners. Uh, yeah, I uh, man, the North is going to be a fight, man. It's it gonna is. Be a, it's if it's not us or the Ravens, I'll be stunned. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, same. Like they always say, the football is 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 shaped weird. It bounces funny. So yeah. I think that could be the deciding factor between who wins it between the Browns or the Ravens, assuming health for both teams and everything. Sure. Something weird is going to happen to one of them, whichever one it happens to, and gets that one extra win yeah. that they shouldn't have gotten. That's yep. probably what it's going to come down to. But yeah, I think, and the chargers, of course, as we all know, they've been, you know, the Browns of the West, the chargering is a thing, but they have a squad and they finally have a court. They have a, they have a quarterback now uh, who can take over and has the athleticism and the arm and everything sure. else that people like. I, and, and the system around him, I think it fits his skill set. So I don't think they're going to challenge the Chiefs uh, for the division crown, but I think the Chargers could be a lot better uh, than a lot of other teams think. Now, if they got a lot of talent, they're well coached, man. If the Aaron Rodgers thing ends with him in Denver, and it just that I, I think it makes no sense, but it won't go away, and it won't go away from legitimate sources around the NFL. Right. If he lands in Denver and they don't have to give up too much, if it's all draft picks and not players, Denver immediately vaults right Ooh. near the front of that line. They're With really, that, really you know, good. That good defense and that young, yep. talented wide receiver core they have. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I would get- probably say – Miami is the only one I'm not sure of, and that's because I don't know what to make of Tua. I don't hate him like some people do on Twitter. No, I don't either. He's young, and we just don't know. So if he yeah. steps up and plays like some people think he can, Dolphins have a, a, a good team around him. I think they can definitely, you know, 10, 10 11 wins and, and be right there like they were last year. Um, but if he's not ready, I don't know if the rest of that roster can carry sure. this squad uh, to the playoffs. I'm not sure. Let's see, man. AFC South, I'm going Tennessee. AFC East, Bills. AFC North, the Cleveland Browns, baby. Come on. AFC West, Chiefs, and then then three wild cards. Um, Baltimore, Colts, and I'm with you on the Chargers. I think those would be my three wild cards. uh, Colts. Ravens, yeah, and, and it's funny if if he mentioned Carson Wentz, Jake did before he left. If Carson yeah. Wentz plays anything like he did in that Super Bowl year before he got Absolutely. hurt, the Colts are a legitimate squad. Um, the Raiders were very close last year, blew several games down the stretch that they absolutely should not have lost. They would have been sure. more in there. And we've we've been talking about the AFC playoffs for like six minutes now, and no one has uttered the words New England Patriots, which is just Chad, bizarre. Shout out to Troy. He's like Patriots? Four question marks. Yeah. 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 I mean, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. We don't know we don't if know. Cam Newton becomes anything resembling the old Cam Newton. I uh, you can't count a well, Bill Belichick team out, but it, I don't think you can project them as the power that they've always been. And it's really nothing against New England. It's no the AFC is freaking stacked, man. It's stacked. It, it is, is stacked. stacked in gills, bro. Tell me about it. You know it is. Well, let, let's just say, uh, and, and this is, look at it from a Browns perspective. We all think they have the talent to be a legitimate contender. And that's yes. a real thing. That's not us talking pie in the sky. This is, it's bizarre in Cleveland for us to say those things and mean them, but it's absolutely <laughs> true. But 
even if they play to the top of their potential and they are really, really good, look at the potential road that they're going to have to, if they don't yeah. get the bye, uh, you're looking Whoa. at three games. It's probably Ooh. some combination of Baltimore. They got to be in successive weeks, Baltimore, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Yeah, That's just a murderer's row. And, but now you, you, you flip it and you think Buffalo, if they don't get the bye, they have to beat Cleveland, Baltimore, Kansas City. Yep. So everybody's got a really, it, it's going to be a slugfest in that AFC. So oh, even if they're, even if they're firing on all cylinders, it's not like they're going to walk through the playoffs or anything like that. They're going to have to fight every single week. So projecting them to be a legit contender is absolutely on the table. Projecting them to be the team, I, I really, in, you know, your fan heart wants to do that, but your brain, I don't know how you do that at this point no. because the AFC is just freaking stacked. It is. I mean, like, and and again, I know, I know, Browns fan, and I, I, I agree with this notion that. I feel like the Steelers are are set up for a down year. I do. I do. However, I, they're a good franchise. Yes. I mean, the defense is still good. The defense is still going to be good. Uh, did you see Ben's comments today or yesterday? About his so, diet, yeah. Yeah, he's in the best shape of, shape of his life. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. If Ben is – I mean, he's not going to be Ben I, from 10 years ago, but if he can be Ben from five years ago – I laughed at that quote. I'm sorry. I laughed. It, it I'm with me. you. I, I think they have a lot of question marks. I think their offensive they line do. in particular is a question mark. I think their secondary outside of a couple of names isn't as strong as normal Pittsburgh secondaries that we as Browns fans sure. are used to watching oh. feast on our parade of quarterbacks for years and Absolutely. years before Baker. But for me, just because I've been a Browns fan for so long and we've watched the Steelers just every year we wait for their downfall and it never comes. I'm taking what I call the walking dead approach to the Steelers this year. If you've watched the walking dead, you know, at least you should know by now until you see the character as a Walker, he's not yeah. freaking dead. Nope. So that's what I'm looking at with the Steelers until I see their corpse. Yeah. I am not counting them out because they just churn out wins year after year. And it drives us all crazy. But I think realistically, again, that's my heart talking. If your brain talks, yeah. you look, you, you have a hard time projecting them. Uh, as better than both the Browns and the Ravens. Now, could it play out that way? That's why well, they play the games. Well, but on paper, they're clearly the third best team. I think. I, I mean, we we can say what we want about the Steelers, but at the end of the day, I, I I think I think we notice the holes. I think we notice the potential for a down year because uh, sure. they they really didn't do much this off season. Let's face it, they 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 you know that contract draft. really boxed them in. It did. It truly did. So, but. Even with the picks that I made, I mean, I'm I have teams like Miami, which was one of Jake's picks. I think my I think we can all agree Miami's got a very talented roster. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, New England, these are all teams that I, I have missed in the playoffs. And it's like you said, if if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, I'm probably mm -hmm. you know I, I'm I'm then removing the Chargers from probably making the the wild card. Probably I would I don't know. But one of those teams are going to be off. <laughs> I'm not going to have right. one of those. So it just, it just paints the picture of how actually, I mean, how stacked this AFC completely is. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's we, we, hit, we, we picked a hell of a time to be uh, have one of the best rosters in the NFL. But, man, I, screw it. We, we've come this far. We've Andy Dufresne our way through a pipe of shit for decades. So we might as well just be in this super conference that it is this year. I mean, it's it's absolutely stacked. So 
they're going to have to but earn the it. The good thing about it is, and I think the thing that we should focus on instead of being, you know, oh, they got this to go through and that team to go through, and don't focus yeah. on that. Focus on the fact that we are legitimately in the conversation. Enjoy yeah. that because it doesn't, Absolutely. we know as Browns fans, that doesn't happen all Absolutely. the time. When you can look at a conference like this that we just laid out, how stacked it is, how many different teams. Yep. And you can then, after all that, legitimately say, my favorite team is right there with them. That, that's a that's a rare thing. So let's enjoy that. I think that's what we need to focus on, all the promise that this season has as we sit here in the middle of July. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree, man. And at, at this point, I, I I agree with Jake, man. Like, we're, we are in the doldrums. We, we are in the absolute dead zone right now and it, we're so close we've been fighting through it so much i mean it, it's it's killing it's killed me steven it's killed me because i think at the end of the day it's it really comes back to is of how anticipated we are for this upcoming season and what could happen and dare i say super bowl aspirations because it's that's what they are let's be real here and i just want to get the season rolling i want to get the twitch rolling my lord, Stephen, I cannot wait to be on camera with you five, six, seven nights a week. I know you're not looking forward to it. I know your wife's looking forward to it, but you're Absolutely. not. Yeah. But um, even if I'm not verified, are you cool with that? Well, again, don't make direct eye contact, and and we'll be okay. So, <laughs> son of a bitch, you dirty bastard. Yeah, guys, just another reminder. I know we keep beating the dead horse, but. We want you guys to know because we want you guys to come hang out in the chat and we want you to watch the live streams and we want you to hang out with us, man. So uh, the next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern will be the last episode of the Not the Same Old Browns podcast on YouTube. Right. So, you know, we'll give more reminders on the show next week because we will be live on YouTube next Wednesday as well. However, that will be the last one before we move to twitch on Jan uh, on, on january on july 26th uh that's going to be a monday it's a day before training camp opens on the 27th um i think on that first monday stream the on launch day i think it's going to be a lot of us from the obr kind of just hanging out party yeah it's going to be a party man we're just going to hang out we're going to take a look ahead to camp uh i'm sure we'll get fred greetham on i'm sure we'll have lane there i'm sure we'll have hopefully we can get brad He's a bit, they're all busy dudes, but man, we're going to, we're going to try to get them all on. Uh, obviously Steven and myself, Jake, J uh, Jake Burns. So yeah, it's, it, I don't think you guys are quite ready for, for what you guys are going to get on the Twitch. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be fun. See, to me, that's the most important thing here. It's going to be fun, but two, it's just going to be a shit ton more content guys. And I mean a ton more. And I just can't wait to get started. And I'm just grateful that I have this opportunity to work with all you guys and launching this Twitch. And I'm just looking forward to it, man. I cannot wait. So, um, yeah. And mo the most important part is you guys out there, you guys in the, uh, in the chat that are still hanging with us. Thank you so much. Uh, and Troy, you could be right with your Cam Newton. We have no idea what to expect. We, you could be right with that. But I think that that's the biggest thing with Twitch. Like we said earlier is all this interaction that we get with you guys in the chat. It's going to be even more. 
there's more opportunity to interact with you guys um, in Twitch and different things. And I don't want to give anything away, but it'll be fun. Um, and uh, so thank you guys for hanging with us here tonight. I think we're ready to wrap it up here, aren't we, Andy? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That was a good uh, hour and 40 minutes, man. We got uh, Mike. Thanks again to Mike Krupka and uh, Jake Burns for stopping in. And uh, th- again, guys, that's going to be the norm, man. Like we're, we're going to have OBR staff and maybe even some pr- sur- sur- surprise guests uh, pop in through a three, four hour stream, you know? So it's, that's going to be a common thing happening. It's going to be cool. It's going to keep things fresh. It's going to, uh, give you guys, uh, some thing, questions to ask. It'll be a lot of that too, guys. Cause we're going to be doing like Monday night. Once the season starts Monday night football and Thursday night football watch parties, where it's a lot of us from the staff from the OBR staff sitting around watching the game together and talking about the game, but also having all you awesome Browns fans and OBR yeah. fans, in the chat having a q a you know ask those are gonna be the nights man where you guys have questions holy smokes like we will answer every single one i mean it's even if even the bad ones because i i definitely has asked some bad questions today so Mm. um even the bad ones those nights those are gonna go so all right let's end this stream right now guys as always Thank you guys so much, and thank you all the podcast listeners out there. If you are listening on, on Apple Podcasts, give the give the podcast a five star review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the OBR's YouTube. This will be up there. All those links will be in the description. Appreciate y'all, and we will catch you on the next episode. Go Browns, baby! <laughs>